0: Is someone you know struggling with substance use? Join us on this episode of The One in Five as Goldstein Little Eagle shares his health journey with us. From substance use to recovery. From poor dietary choices to healthy eating. From a sedentary lifestyle to ultra marathons. Hey, all, welcome to the one in five, the show for those who want to know how to be healthy, how to stay healthy, and how to promote health in your community. I'm your host, Adam Renshaw, and in today's show, I have Goldstein Little Eagle with me, and he's going to be talking with us, going through his story about his personal health journey. So I hope it's really beneficial for you. G, welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the one in five, man. Thanks for coming. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad to have you. Um, Why don't you just start? uh, So for all of our listeners, I'm going to call you Goldstein probably at some points. I'm going to call you at G probably at some points. Uh, He does go by G for all of you listening right now. Um, I do. And that stands for Goldstein, not gangster, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. Um, so, yeah, hey, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself, man?
1: Uh, sure. So my name is G Little Ego. I'm, I'm here at One Health as a recovery coach. Um, I'm a uh, certified peer support specialist, uh, behavioral health peer support specialist. Um, yeah, I'm a father at home. Um, I like to do a lot of community work. Um, that's just been in my blood um, since I began my re- my own recovery journey. I've been in recovery for over e- eight years now, and um, from addictions. And within within this journey, um, I just had a mission to do, you know, where my heart work is going to place me at, and um, going through. Um, coming from Lame Deer, Montana. That's that's where I'm from. But I lived in Billings uh, a good part of my life. Um, back to Lame Deer, and then back to Billings again. And uh, so part of that journey there was, you know, helping others in, in their own recovery, just by uh, you know being being the peer that I, w- I that I was and am. Um, because it's just uh, that that kind of work is just one of my one of my vows of how I can help others, you know, I believe there's, you know, that uh, God placed others in some sort of field to help someone, you know. We have firefighters, we have yeah. EMTs, you know, and that was just me finding my place of, like, where can I help someone?
0: Can I ask you, you, when we were talking before you so when you first started working at One Health, you were working in the IT department. Yes, uh, but now you're a recovery coach and a certified peer support uh, specialist. Tell us how you
1: sort of transitioned from IT into that role. Okay, so I I always did my hard work after hours. Um, i have run. Um, I used to run AA meetings and and such in Lame Deer, and I I I made a. Uh, the uh, speaker meeting thing happened down down in that area. I had it uh, every month um, for a good year and a half until uh, the COVID era hit. And it. I believe it was just something that was noticed uh, by um, the coworkers here in, the, in our One Health organization here. Because um, I, I would send out emails uh, sometimes to our local site about the speaker meetings that um that I that would have I'd share the flyer and stuff like that and I'd also had I run AA meetings in the um in the annex and the one health annex once a week so I think that was just uh noticeable and then and, and finding that hey we need we need uh another peer support you know person in our, in our department
0: and you were doing grief support meetings too as well as the AA right or did you say that
1: yeah I do uh I do um, grief talking circles, uh, grief support. Um, what I do now is variety meetings. Um, I kind of moved over from uh, the AA meetings that, that I used to uh, um, help facilitate here and down in, in uh, lame deer and stuff. So that's um, it's more of a holistic uh, journey part of it you know taking care of um, taking care of myself and all the, the four directions you know mental spiritual, emotional and uh physical physical yeah
0: nice yep well i think that leads right into you know you were doing aa meetings why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey why don't you start with um the substance use piece of it and talk to us a little bit about the struggles that you were having there and then uh i think even more importantly than that is your recovery journey right And that'll sort of be the meat of our conversation. Sure. Um, yeah, go ahead and start with substance use and how long have you been in recovery and tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. So, um, the substance use in, in that was in, you know, a big part of my teenage years. Um, I, I went to my first inpatient treatment when I was 15 years old and that was a 12 step based, uh, program. Um, in the '90s, uh, twelve-step based treatments were pretty pretty heavily used around that time, and um, also uh, my mom was uh, had that mentality of that time. I think a lot of parents did have that mentality at that around that time. To that, the the first step to do with with a child that's having struggles with uh, addiction is just send them off to this twelve step inpatient treatment program you know (laughs) so that's where i was when i was 15 i I did i went to my first 45 day uh inpatient treatment center and um i uh i still struggled um with a lot of things regarding addictions and i i did go to treatment again when i was 17 for another 30 days and um everything was just in and out of um you know my in my own troubles of you know, landing in jail all the time, um, throughout my juvenile years and then into adulthood, I started, uh, realizing that being an adult, I, you know, jail was, is not, it's going to be, I'm going to be in there a longer time than when, you know, was when I was a juvenile, you know? Sure. Um, so that kind of slowed me down. I, uh, I was trying to ease back on my own without any support, um, not reaching out for the support, uh, thinking I can do it by myself. By doing other other way, other way means of, uh, of action, of um, just staying busy, that was kind of one thing I did. Um, at a point when I started having my own children, um, my first family, and my first um, relationship where I had um, family and kids. And, you know, I was sober for a while. I, uh, I was just staying busy with the work and school, Going to college, um, not having a day off. You know, on my day off of work, I would go to labor ready and work a day. You know, for sure. extra money. And between staying in the libraries of school, um, and between that, you know, it just just suddenly boredom hit, and, and next next you know I was I was back what I was doing, relapsing. You know, and I had a good sober home for my uh, younger children at the time. Um, as of, you know, I didn't have substance in our, in our homes, alcohol, um, cigarette smoke, you know, all that was, was, it was clear, clear of that, you know. And so once I relapsed, it was just totally different type of house, uh, from there, you know, there was, our house was, uh, um, you know, of course, alcohol was back in our house again, you know, uh, weed smoke and meth smoke. It was all in there again, you know, um, with me and, uh, the, um, the, the older children's mother at that time and, um, the family and the friends that came over, you know, it was just a central place of where they can go to, to, to do these things, you know? So, um, in my other years coming up, you know, I, I had, um, other children and, um, after this, Yes, after this, and um it I had my children taken away. Um, I mean they were in um, cps's position and uh, they were they were so young then, and I never thought in my life that I would you know my I had raised my other older children to that point where that something like that wouldn't wouldn't have happened with me, you know, so I was sitting in my own thoughts of you know wondering how and why how how did I let this happen, you know uh, as strong as my parental skills are and the love for my children. And I was like, how did this happen to, to Goldstein to me? You You still ended (laughs) up
0: in this place where your, your children were taken from you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh man. Did this have an impact on, on the kids? What kind of an impact, I guess. Did you Um, notice?
1: Yeah, they're, they were pretty young. Uh, Um, I know the, the, uh, oldest one might have remembered a little bit of it, but I know that, um, there's always that subconscious, uh, stuff that, you know, they, that they might remember. Yep. And, um, so, and then also my older kids, which were, they were, um, high school and, um, around eighth grade, you know, junior high and, um, them having to see, you know, their younger siblings, uh, uh not being with them anymore and, and their father, you know, and, uh, living the, uh, that life with me and, and also my, you know, my abandonment of them, you know, when I would go on bingers and yep. disappear for, for weeks or summertime, you know, months and stuff, you know, uh, not being able to hold on to a job, um, long, you know? Sure. And, uh, so that, that, that all had, you know, a great impact on, you know, all my family, my children, uh, myself, older adults in my, in my life. Um, and, uh, so it just took a little bit of that, you know, of where I was at to just finally, you know, make that decision and surrender over everything to, to say, Hey, I'm I'm done with this, you know, I'm done with all of this the what whole life. Where was that, G? This was in twenty fourteen. Okay. Um, so I was always on and off, on and off the streets. Um when when I when I do you know relapse, that's kind of the place where I knew where I was going to be, and, and somewhere in my um, my frame of mind, my addictions was a place where I wanted to be. You know, I I knew I was going to be on the streets, and I knew I was going to um, be there, and that's where where I was going to be. I just, it was like an accepting fact in my mind of you know oh, I'm going to be on the streets again. This is how it's going to be, and this is where I'm going to go. I'm gonna you know sleep on the streets, I'm going to jump from hotel to hotel, I'm going to crash at people's places, and, you know, whatever it takes, you know, sleep in cars, um, sleep in the, uh, you know, just the, you know, the parks, you know, in Billings, yeah. uh, North Park and South Park, so, um, actually, the uh, crisis center in Billings had a part of my first day of sobriety, you know, I, I, um, Ended up over there. We're not remembering how I got there, but uh, I always tried to avoid places like that. Sure, um, but I did. I, I was there, and I I ended up making a call to my sister uh, down in Lame Deer and uh, um, having her come pick me up. And it was actually they knew what they were doing at the crisis center. They made the they dialed the number for me. Um oh. I, I couldn't act like I was gonna, I was talking to somebody when I actually I wasn't talking to nobody. Sure, they they made sure she was on the line first and then handed the phone over to me and sat there and watched me and listened and make sure. Um they knew what my goals were, you know, I said to get my family back together and be with my family and sober up. That was my goal. Nice. So um I asked her if she can uh come give me a ride and uh come pick me up at North Park. Uh I named a place and time. And she showed up, you know? Oh. But that day I, I knew that that was that was the first step and uh to uh to my journey to my recovery journey and I decided not to and I was actually very sick and uh, withdrawals withdrawing um pretty severely and uh, I decided not to to put anything else in my body that day you know, <gasps> except for a little bit of water which I you know was barely holding down sure as well and lost a lot of weight um in a ho- unhealthy way <laughs> sure <laughs> um but I uh, from there you know I just continued that journey of, what, what do I do next? What do I do from here? You know, um, using some of the tools that I have learned along the way, um, here and there from, from my past, from past different treatment centers. You know, I've been to other, uh, outpatient treatment centers as an adult as well. And, uh, Running into the law, and uh,
0: so you had a little bit of a foundation of what sort of recovery yeah. could look like, and you were just trying to put some of those pieces together at this point in 2014. Is that yeah a fair way to say it?
1: Yeah, because okay. uh, I I dabbled in it, and I was in the um, you know the pre-contemplation stage of, of of where I wanted to be and accepting and uh, of actually going forth into this you know recovery journey, sure. you know. Um, so it was passing that passing that pre-contemplation stage of, you know, this is it. This is this is what I'm what I'm gonna do. What do I need to do to do it? You know, um, you know, I I talked to a Creator and I, you know, the, the the steps from there was you know, seek help, ask out for help. Sure. Um, I went back to uh, meetings. I gave me- the meetings a try, and um, you know, it immediately stepped into with those the best I can, um, as to chairing them. And, um, you know, I was welcome back to the, the, the sober community and those circles.
0: How long did it take for you, uh, once you started attending meetings to sort of step into that leadership role?
1: I would say only like about two months because, uh, that, uh, a vet, I, I called him a vet or I called him, uh, the, uh, old timers, but the ones that have been in recovery for a long time. Um, I didn't know it then, but I know it now. And, you know, after a while, what he was up to. And he just asked me to, to chair a meeting one time and, you know, had that hesitant look on my face and I was like, okay, now, now, okay, what do I do? Okay. <laughs> but um it just takes that first time to, to chair one. And, and, you know, from there it's, it's it easy, and then he kind of slowly stepped back from me and okay. uh, stepped away from the meetings until pretty soon I was I was the man. Gotcha. What <laughs> that feel I was, like? I was I was chairing them, and he wasn't around anymore. So like he passed it on to me.
0: Sure. So w- was that an encouraging moment in this still early early part of your recovery journey? Because how long have you been in recovery now, G?
1: It's been uh, over eight years. So eight. Uh, August 4th, 2014 is my is my recovery date.
0: So August 4th, 2023 will be nine years, huh? Yeah, this year will be nine years. Congratulations, first of all. Yeah. That's okay. amazing. So, but two months into an eight-year journey, how did that feel? Like, was that like, whoa, this is great? I mean, you.
1: I'll, I'll let you answer. How did, how did that feel? Um. It, you know, it, it felt healthy, you know, of course, but- Um, I knew the steps that I needed to do and, and stay on them. And, and I was working on, you know, working on myself and, uh, what I did before, you know, I, I am spiritual, you know, and I do, I do pray, uh, to my creator. And I realized my last relapse was I didn't pray for my sobriety that day. Mm. So I, I, now I pray for my sobriety every day and uh, I'm in the mornings, you know, I just ask for that strength to be uh, sober another day, and at the end of the day, I um, I pray with um, gratitude, with that with that thankfulness of saying thank you for letting thank me you get through this yes. day, amen. Get, getting through this day, it's <laughs> another day of victory. Yeah, so that's how I see it, is as victory. Um, so that three months was you know a couple first couple of months was there you know, and um, at that point I was just working on just stay sober, stay sober. Just, just don't do it. And, but I replaced my addictions with, uh, food mm. and, uh, cigarettes was always there too. Sure. Cause I was, I was a chain smoker. Um, so, uh, besides that with, you know, dealing with my, the balance of my, my life, you know, uh, finding, a, finding work again, um, and working a job and taking care of my family. And I got my, my little kids that are back in my life, of course, I'm also my, excuse me, my adult children, not adult children at the time, they're adults now, (laughs) (laughs) but they're high school and junior high at the time. And, uh, so, um, with that, that, that's, that's where I held on to, I held on to, okay, just don't do it, just, just stay sober. But, um, I was putting a lot of that unhealthy, overly by the numbers, food into my body Sure. And uh you sort of just traded, cigarettes. huh? yeah I think
0: you even said that yeah, you just yeah. traded uh, drugs for for food. yeah so so you said when you first started that day in in what was it North Park? Um, yeah, you said you were really skinny. Yes, did that do? once you shifted over to food, did you uh, get large? did you blow up? Uh, did you notice any sort of physical? outward um consequence of of the trading
1: yeah 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 that took place so yeah I, I ballooned up to the most you know heaviest i've been in my life and uh i was working a job um uh it was a food distribution center you know we were with work with clients that that need some help with uh with, with food and someone an outer person that i knew all my life uh, didn't didn't recognize me oh man he pretty much asked uh pretty much asked who I was and stuff. And I was like, I thought he was joking because I said, it's me. You know, I said Uh, my name. And I was like, that's when I kind of realized, or I did realize that, okay, I I ballooned myself up to an unrecognizable point to my own community, (laughs) (laughs) you know. So, um, but he was surprised that it was me. He he said, oh, sorry, I didn't recognize you. And uh, so from there, that's when I began my healthy eating journey. I'd, I'd quit smoking cigarettes by then. Nice. I knocked that off, you know. Tough to do. Um, yeah. Now my diet was, uh, you know, a couple of egg and cheese on buttered toast. You know, two of them would be breakfast, you know, and or donuts. Or the local burrito person that comes around and sells or, you know, a couple of those. Or deli. There's always deli, you know, biscuits and gravy and mm. all that. Uh, it so, sounds uh, really good, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not good for you. Not huh? not in the not in the amount that I was sure. I was eating and and repeatedly doing it every day. <laughs> sure. Um, you know, just
0: So, to, did you stop eating fried foods?
1: Did yeah, so at at that point was my my first mission was get off the fried foods and the fried bread. You know, fried bread was uh of course it's a the it's a, it's a deep fried food as well. Yep. But that was just one healthy choice that I wanted to make. You know, I, I wanted, I was starting small, you know, um, I wasn't going to quit everything in the first day. You know, I was like, let me cut out fry bread. Oh no, wait, let's go further. Just all fried foods. Sure. Cause fry bread was the first thought. Okay. You know? And I said, "Oh no, no more deep fried foods for me. So that was my, that was my health journey there. But actually later on that year, this was just a couple years into my recovery. So this was 2016. Okay. Uh, like I'd say, um, earlier 2016. So by that fall, I was um, I was I was sober, but I was struggling uh, with my life, mental mental health issues, um, my kids' situations, my 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 older kids, my younger kids, and um, myself, and um, still avoiding that you know triggers to to relapse and go back to the place, the dark place that I was at. You know, so I I wanted to pray for myself and my children, and uh, so I walked up to uh, to the hills with uh, my prayer cloths. Uh, it's it's a you know a ceremony, spiritual thing that that I do with uh, prayer cloths, and I want to hang them up on a tree and pray with them. So which I did, you know, I, I prayed for myself, prayed for my sobriety, prayed for my family, um, and then from there, you know, God told me to run. And that was the point where I just listened. You know, I actually listened that day. I didn't question why. And, and me not being a runner, um, not, you know, the, the most I've run with max effort or any effort like that was, you know, the high school mile and PE. You sure. <laughs> um, throughout my adult life at that point, I was I wasn't a runner. You know, I just didn't look fun. You know, besides running from the cops, that I remember that part wasn't <laughs> fun either. <laughs> um, so I ran half a mile that day. Right then, did you just go? <clears throat> yeah, I just, I just, I just took off. Awesome, man! It's like, okay, God, I'm, 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 I'm running. I don't know why, but I'm running. So I ran about half a mile that day, and uh, I told myself I'm going to come back up here on the weekends. Up to the hills, onto this tree to pray, and then run um, every weekend, and which nice. I which I did, and I got myself up to a one mile eventually, and then eventually a couple miles, and it just kind of went from there. I ran in the hills, and I thought, this is good. This is this is really good for my mental health, um, my spiritual health. Everything is um, connected to um, my sobriety of. You know, coming back down and back to my family, and coming back from a good run with with all the endorphins that I needed, and so it felt everything. better.
0: It felt good more than just physically, huh? Yeah, there was other benefits as well.
1: Lot, much more benefits. Awesome, man. just this new discovery for me. You yeah. Know? Yep.
0: Um. So. So just going up on the weekends at this point and running by yourself. Um, were you running with people? Was there a community around this, or was it just you?
1: Yeah, so so by uh, you know 2017, I ran my first 10k, and then I ran my first uh, half marathon at Montana Marathon in September 2018. Okay, um, just amazed amazed at myself of getting to that point of you know, t- um, just the fall before before that, the fall season before that, there I was running a half mile, you know. And yeah. then, then I, there I was again running the half marathon at Montana Marathon. A year later. Yeah. yeah. Wow. So from there, I also went went to a ceremony, um, a Cheyenne ceremony, back home, uh, my first one. Um, and I wanted to help people. And I, I was praying for people, but I was also just doing it alone and running in the hills and doing it by myself. And so somebody... I did, you know, ask uh, like, how can I help people? How can I help uh, others by action, without, you know, just sitting here and praying about it and letting letting it be and let others do the work, you know. So from there, um, a friend actually asked me, um, texted me to go for a run with him. He said he said that he was a runner and I did not. I didn't even know that he was a runner, so I wasn't really super loud with my running, uh, as it as it being known that I'm a, you know I'm a, that I run I, that I like to run, because <laughs> sure. I didn't run on the streets yet. I didn't do street running, road running. We just ran in the heels.
0: It was all trail running, huh? Yeah, it was just all, so much all trail running. Better on your legs, huh? Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yep. And going up and down the hills, I, think I was getting, I was getting all that knee strength and everything. Nice. Um, so I said, "Yeah, let's let's do it. Let's do it this Sunday, this coming Sunday." You know. So uh, we ran uh, seven miles, and um, that's just when everything popped in my head. You know, just let's let's do this for the community. Nice. Uh, let's get this going. You know, I, I popped it out on social media right away to get a group going. A running group and then I thought, oh, no, there's not just um I can't limit to just runners, you know. That that's that's put a running running walking group, you know. Sure. Um, everyone to include everyone to come out and move move their body and, you know, get get physically well again with, with uh where they're at, you know. So started a group, running group down there and um, you know, by that the following year of uh, twenty eighteen, you know, we, we found funds and uh, different resources to find help to get them in the um, the Montana State Games, the Big Sky State Games. Uh, a lot of a lot of folks are doing their first ten k, and their first oh, half nice. marathon. So individual runners.
0: Yes. I'm sorry to interrupt. <clears throat> yeah. It was individual runners that you were helping find funds for to, to, to go run these road races, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yep. Um, also between that, I was, we were, I found a program that was helping with incentives to, to, um, get them shirts and sweaters, hood sweaters and stuff to, and snacks, you know, encouraging to, to just come out and get out and get moving, get walking, get running. So, um, so yeah, we did the, uh, big sky state games, um, and also Montana Marathon was coming up again. I was going for my first foe, um, and, um, a lot of others were going for the first 10 K in the first half. And also there was a couple others with me that was doing the first foe as well. Okay. So, um, that was just an amazing group we had there that year.
0: That's the one where you start out in <coughs> bolt, right? Yeah. And, malt, and then malt. you run all the way into Pioneer Park. Yeah.
1: Run yeah, into okay. Bennings and finish the Pioneer Park. Yeah.
0: How was it? Tell me how that was for you, that first one.
1: Oh, that, that first one, it was just, just amazing, just being there early in the morning and running with all the runners and, uh, you know, just all the runners, some of the runners that were ahead of me and behind me and and uh, knowing that this is my first uh, 26.2 distance. Um,
0: How long had you run up until that point? What was your farthest distance? Had you got up to 26.2 before you ran the marathon or where were you at?
1: No, I, I – um, I, found a simple plan for me to do it so i ran uh two 20 milers before that so i didn't run i didn't run that 26 distance yet in my life in my life
0: (laughs) how did it feel physically for you it uh
1: it it felt felt really good but with you know my legs uh um at the finish line you know i i had to keep moving keep walking uh for a little while
0: sure because there was um
1: there was a billions gazette guy that wanted to uh ask me some questions and i was like can you give me a minute? <laughs> um, I'd maybe, love to talk a couple, to you, but I need some time. Yeah, I need just a little bit of time here. <clears throat> nice. Um, but I remember finishing that half marathon the year before that and thinking, this is it. I'm, i got to do the full next year. Nice. I'm coming back for the full. Nice. So, um, so that, Yeah, that's what I did. And you had crew with you
0: at <clears throat> the full. You said there was – Guys running the 10K, ladies running the 10K there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. so you had community with you. Yeah, we did. There and that. Awesome, man.
1: We had a good dinner. We had a good, we actually, we had a spaghetti dinner at Riverfront, Riverfront Park the night before. Okay. And uh, Carb load. Yep. <laughs> carb load. <laughs> um, you know, I had good friends that sponsored that part. They said, hey, we'll make a lot of spaghetti for you guys. We got, we got a garden. We can put a lot of garden vegetables in there and, and, you know, we made it happen. We had a uh, snacks afterward too and big group picture with a lot of us in it. Nice. But um <clears throat> excuse me that so that feeling there of doing that, you know, and just thinking, hey, then I'm um, realize the realization of I'm um, helping others achieve some pretty awesome goals here, you know. Yep. Um just that just made my heart real happy. Um, especially seeing the group picture of seeing Look at all these first-time 10Kers. Look at all yeah. these first-time half marathoners, and the two extra full marathoners that were with me their 1st time as well—that they did—they did with me, you know. Um, so I, I just knew that journey had to continue, you know. And I was working in uh, IT um, down in Lame Deer at the time, and um, so 2019, I for 2019 the plan I signed up for my first uh, 32 miler, my first 50K at the Bighorn. Trail run. <clears throat> um, I, was, I was I was doing the next step up from the from the marathon, you know. So sure. I, I was doing a lot of training, a lot of running. Um, at this point, my health. Um, I did quit pop. You know, um, after you know I quit the deep fried food. Yeah. When I got down to a healthy weight. I was down almost a hundred pounds lighter. Uh, I think it was it was down like about 92, 94 pounds. Just from, 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 eating from that from and that running. yeah from the heaviest point I was in my life. I dropped down to like ninety two pounds lighter. Wow. Um, yep, from the healthy healthy eating, the uh, I took out all the deep fried um, stuff out of my body, of course, as well, and um, the cigarettes. Like you know, I of course I kicked that. I eventually kicked caffeine and coffee, um, gotcha. just because the I really I really felt more alive and hydrated without the all the extra caffeine that I was putting in my body because I was. Doing a lot of caffeine, too, um, when I when I first uh, began my recovery journey. Uh, sure. Um, pretty much a pot of coffee, you know? <laughs> Seems <laughs> to be uh, a
0: staple at any um, AA meeting you go to. It is. Huh? It is. <laughs> it
1: is. Um, and the, the Mountain Dew. Uh, then I, was, I was diet by then, but I was doing the Diet Code Red Mountain Dews and by for my afternoon caffeine, you know? Sure. After the coffee was done by noon. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I wasn't a red bull guy but I, I i did like the mountain dew but um yeah as, as far as the meetings go too with uh coffee it's just one of the the smaller things that i like to see ch- changes in with with my just my example you know so um i do have you know wild variety meetings and buildings um, i know i'm going off a little bit story here just a little side story that's all good but uh the I longer no I longer do, no longer make a uh, coffee as as a facilitator of, a, of one of my talking circles. I, I I bring in my big jug of water. Nice. Everyone sees my water, <laughs> and that and the coffee's there though. It's ready. You know, it kind of teaches people um, that partnership and uh, teamwork of um, if you want coffee and hey,
0: that's I can make coffee. I can it's do right. this. Okay. I, I, I
1: don't need I don't need uh, our group leader to be doing all the work so they can make coffee and others can have coffee if they need to. But um, yeah. So from that 32, 32 miler, I, uh, you know, I, I, I finished that. Um, it was just really amazing. Just being out, being out in the, in the mountains. 2019. Yeah, sorry. Yeah. 2019. Okay. Yeah. So, so half marathon, 2017 full marathon, 2018 and the uh, 32 miler, 32 miler or 20, 2019. Um so I uh you know I started at One Health. I, I, I got um got on the IT department over here <clears throat> that fall of twenty nineteen. And um you know the following year um I signed up for you know a few good a little handful of races. Um I signed up for the uh fifty miler, the big horn for twenty twenty and um you know, I did the uh, the podcast for uh, with um, the Gas Cat Renegades, okay, um, Jason and Levi, and um, the way we were visiting, we were we didn't had no idea how, how the impact of COVID was gonna hit us. Yep, uh, we the news was still coming uh, that it was coming here to to um, to our area and. I was still talking like, "Oh yeah, we got we're gonna do the uh, run to the pub half marathon in March." Um, you know, I'll see you guys over there. You know, we're all gonna do this, and I'm gonna start my hard training for the 32 miler at the uh, Bighorn Sure, and just continuing on, and then boom, the COVID hit, and hit shut the run. The down, runs huh? were the runs were shut down. Yep, my meetings, <clears throat> excuse me, and lamely were shut down. I eventually, I knew someone that was doing Zoom. I remember seeing that that platform and I remember she she commented before saying, you should try Zoom once, you know, and I was like, oh yeah, you know, I was like,
0: someday, maybe,
1: I don't know, (laughs) you know. Then this COVID hit and and for my health to keep myself in good shape with my, uh, in my recovery, my mental health and everything and my sobriety, um, and I know others are in need of that as well. Um, A lot of people were in their early recovery and, pre contemplation stage as well and they were just on fine finding to try this kind of support for the first time. Yeah. I was like, <clears throat> this can't be this can't be it, you know, I need to keep this going. And I thought of Zoom right away. And I was like, I'm gonna learn. Jump on Zoom, see what it's about, um, and just you know, just go with it. Try it. So that was a pretty good success. You know, we had Zoom Zoom A meetings, um, for, you know, my area. And uh quickly quickly spread after that because um you know a lot of the a lot of the peers out there needed that support no doubt yeah so i kept those going i replaced my monday and friday night meetings in-person meetings to zoom meetings mondays and fridays um i always like to have a meeting on the mondays after the weekend you know just kind of like a checkup on everybody to see how they see how they did over the weekend as well as uh Going into it, yeah, going into it. So Friday night was always, yep. a, always a good time to have a good to have a meeting. <clears throat> so I, I, of course, the Bighorn Trail run canceled that year um, due to COVID safety as well. So I, uh, I just kept training for it, and I said I'm going to run 50 miles still. So I, uh, I ran from the other side of the Northern Shine Reservation line on the on the Crow Reservation side. I made my start point there and I ran all the way through the uh, Cheyenne reservation on toward um, Ashland. You did? Yeah. So you uh, went up so, the divide? So yes. And crossed the divide yes. and went yes. down that hill? Oh my gosh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, then I, I, I finished my first 50 miler then. Awesome, um, man. At that At that time in June, 2020. Um, so yeah, <laughs> so part of my training for, for those types of runs, I, I, I would run from Lame Deer to Ashland or or Ashland to Lame Deer, which is 20 miles. Sure. And uh, I had to get that, that, the heel training as well. So I would, Ashland to Lame Deer, I would run up the Divide. Yeah. The big deer. hill. Yeah.
0: It's no joke. Yeah.
1: And the semis. Yep. All the That's semis. Rock. coming. <laughs> yeah. And I got used to that, that life, that the way I was tra- nice. training. And I would run from Busby to Lame Deer and, uh. Lamed her to coast Trip. Um, lamed her to Bernie. Wow! You know, um, just running all the directions. That's and, north, south, east, and west. <laughs> right it is. There. <laughs> it is. Yes, it is. Um, so yeah, the the uh, the COVID hit our community pretty hard. We lost a lot of uh, our elders mainly, uh, but a lot of people in on our community. And uh, eventually, my father got COVID as well, mm. and. He passed in September eleventh, twenty twenty, and uh, from complications of uh, COVID pneumonia. And um, right away, um, I knew what I had to do for for myself, and also for the the community, because my, my mind was thinking I seen so many um, passing at the same time as my father at the at the um, hospitals and buildings, hmm. and their families, and you know people my age and younger and older, you know, and um, I was grieving and I thought, you know, they're, they're grieving, everyone's grieving, you know, um, all our behavioral health centers were still closed down in the area for in-person visitations and anything. Yeah,
0: it was only through telehealth, right, that you were able to... Yeah, yeah. so
1: there was, there wasn't, there wasn't even telehealth yet. I mean, down in the community there. Um, cause everyone was still scrambling around knowing, what should we do? which we do? <laughs> COVID is making us not being able to have any social contact and yep. all that. So I started the grief support group on zoom. Um, just like two weeks after my father passed, cause I knew it was needed. I, I punched it out there hard on the social media, social media waves. That this, uh, grief support, uh, group is coming here on zoom yeah the address for it and everything and, and that was a good really good turnout um it was it was a really good support system for for a lot of us
0: yeah i remember cross-posting to our pages <coughs> for that Our our one hell oh okay pages cool for that group yeah yeah, yeah. as well as the aa1 yeah so
1: um yeah so that that group was um It continued throughout the next year uh, into 2021, as we're still experiencing losses, you know. I I first started out that group as, you know, loss of COVID support group, loss of family member to COVID support group, but then it wasn't very long after that, I just changed it to, you know, grief, grief support group. And um, that got a lot of, we got a lot of um, people that came back to it on a regularly regular basis needing that type of support from our their peers, um, those that, all of us that have lost our loved ones as well. Yeah. And, uh, which was still ongoing. So, um, from, from the Billings area to, to Crow, to Lampier areas and, um, South Dakota, Minnesota and Idaho were the main, Wow. main group that were coming in, coming in and, uh, using it, you know, so. Nice. But, um, yeah, that that's that was 2020 and 2021, and um, I just continued my journey with the running. I, I'd, I'd get my heels when I could. You um, know, I I'd kind of split it a half and half there because I was doing running groups, and that was that was against that was up the road on a running path, uh, pavement path, um, three times a week. You know, it was like Wednesdays, Fridays, and once on a Sunday. So when I could, I would get out to the hills and still do my my own running when I sure. wanted to get my heels in and yeah. a little bit of my alone time. <clears throat> and um, so just uh, just thinking about twenty twenty one into twenty twenty two, our peers here, our coworkers here through our, our organization, One Health. Um, I know a few noticed me what I was, what I do, you know, on my, on my own time.
0: Yep. Um, you called it your heart work. My, yeah,
1: the, the heart work that, that, that I do, you know, on evenings and weekends and, um, everything that I did after, after the hours was, you know, based on helping others in some way. And as well as, um, in Billings where I started something on my own as a solo, uh, person doing, um. I called it the cheeseburger drive where I would, uh, just, I drive through burger King. I did tacos before, you know, and pizza or a box of chicken from Albertsons or something like that on, um, Thanksgiving day. But I called the cheeseburger drive cause I would drive through burger King and just buy just a big bag of cheeseburgers. And then I'd hit, um, the downtown area and the South side area and, uh, look for groups of people that were walking and, um, looking hungry, and just, you know, um, stop by and ask them if they need a, um, well, first of all, ask them how they're doing, and then uh, some might know me, some might not know me, you know, because um, um, I was, you know, from all the areas as well, you know, from um, the south side and downtown and north side, and I would ask them if they want a cheeseburger, and I, you know, they, uh, most, most of the time they would take it, and some were too sick, uh, sometimes they'd I uh, see a person that was kind of sick and didn't want a cheeseburger, but I tend to take it for later, put it in their pocket. And you never know when you might be able to eat later on that night or no something. Doubt. And um, I'd ask them if they pray and I'd offer them tobacco. And um, just as a little reminder of uh, um, to to uh, to pray for something in their life, um, whether, whether, whether uh, it's just for the betterment of their health or they're thinking about their children or parents or somebody back home it's not in in their immediate life at the time you know um keep those kind of positive thoughts rolling you know and uh so yeah this just one of the things i made i got to make a reality today you know um starting the food for the soul
0: that's what i thought this was leading to Yeah, Yeah, yeah that was the start of that huh yeah okay food
1: Food for the soul. soul. So
0: so now you do food for the soul. What else do you do? You do a, you do a, don't you do a gym class with folks?
1: <clears throat> yeah, I just, um, before this, I just, over this morning at 1030, I do a boot camp class um, for physical activity. And that's, um, you know, it could be as part of recovery. It could be just part of uh, just um, getting, you know, your exercise Healthy Health, lifestyle. Yeah, healthy lifestyle. So um, I started the, the peer support job um, 2022, uh, October, I believe it was, uh, yeah, end of October. I got to join the RCAT crew with Megan and, um, you know, it's that, 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 pretty really good people. Really good people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, I do the, I do the grief support group, which is in person now. In Billings. And I also do a couple of wild variety talking circles as well. You know, I I do one here on Mondays at the Hope Center um, at 12. And uh, I do the 10.30 a.m. boot camp class um, on Mondays at the uh, R Gym here in Hardin. In Hardin? Yeah.
0: Wow, so you're traveling down, huh? Yeah, yeah. And hence, we're here on a Monday, huh? I got mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. I got to get you on one of your days when you're down here. That's yeah, nice. yeah.
1: Um, so I also do a walking group in, in Billings as a part of a physical activity as well, and um, also do a codependency talking circle in Billings, um, because I've, you know, in my in my journey, I've I've, you know, just moving forward to to things that are helpful, you know, to others and, you know, of course, to myself. And um, I, I do realize that that's one of the talking circles I don't, I don't see um, when it comes to sobriety is, uh, you know, helping others with uh, codependency. Mm. So um, I thought that was very important to have as well. You know, just trying to reach all, all the areas of um, what it is for sobriety. Uh, yeah,
0: you know? Awesome, man. And, and gee, there's, something pretty important that's happening this year 2023 later in October tell me a little bit about that tell our listeners a little bit about what's going on
1: yeah 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 so um this October um I finally you know I was I was able to announce it uh you know a little earlier uh, a few weeks back but um I was accepted to be a presenter at the TEDx Billings and uh, at the uh, Babcock Theater, so that's October seventh. But I attended the TEDx Billings last year um, in March, and it was just an amazing amount of uh, good energy and knowledge and ideas and um, learning and you know sure. everything you know. And um, I was when I when I attended that, I really wanted to get my message out there as well, you know.
0: <clears throat> can you tell us a little bit about what you are going to be talking about? I don't want you to get too much into it and spoil it, but can you give our listeners just a little preview?
1: Yeah, so my uh, the topic name for my presentation is uh, is called "People as Medicine," and um, I made sure I wanted to talk about a, the good. The main focus of it is peers and peer support. Okay. You know, of what I am and what I'm doing and what I love to do, as well as my other peer support um, partners, you know, sure. over at the Hope Center. You know. um, yeah.
0: For those who might not know, can you just tell everyone what a peer support specialist is, a certified peer support specialist, what they do?
1: Yeah, so um, so I connect with people and and helping them, you know, just uh, achieving their their goals and what they're their, their wants are and what they, what they want to do. You know, um, is as someone that has that lived experience of uh, something that might be similar to theirs. So it's whether it's um, you know with our mental health or addictions. You know, and of course, me is a big part of it. For me, is addictions. You know, because okay. I am I am in recovery, and uh, so um, you know, getting them to the right steps to where they want to, where they want to be at, um, you know, being there that support for them to get to support groups, um, you know, showing them the resources of what's available and things that work for me and yep. that I'm part of um, even just, uh, just visiting, um, visiting about things of, you know, that they need to talk about um, getting, getting that, that trust from others, you know, awesome. Uh, once they know that, you know, that, I've been, I've been in a lot of parts of my life that is, you know, similar as where they're at.
0: Well, and obviously grief too and codependency, you mentioned earlier as well. You have that lived experience there too and are operating in, in those arenas as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hey man, what a great story. I really appreciate Goldstein, you coming on and and one thing you didn't mention too, you know, you started Run DNC, which is a running group, Run Defending Native Culture. You've been helping out with the Sugar Rush, Sugar Rush for what three years now? I it's believe this will be year three that, that you've been working with us on the Sugar Rush, and that's uh, p- uh, specifically aimed at raising funds and awareness for diabetes. So, yeah. I mean, you're just you're just running the gamut, and I, your your story is so encouraging. And what my hope is. Goldstein is that people will hear this story. They will hear the struggles that you've had and how you've overcome and that it will be an encouragement to them and that they'll see, this isn't impossible for me because, you know, I've walked through addiction as well. Um, yeah. And some of, some of our listeners have heard little bits of my story, uh, I know when you're in those moments, when you're in the depths of it, it's really hard to see to the other side. It's really hard to imagine that there's anything that's beyond this. So my hope is that your story will help people to see. If Goldstein can do it, anybody can do it. And gee, I really appreciate your heart for others. I think it's really come through. Thank you. On this, uh, that's an encouragement to me. My hope is that that's an encouragement to others. And um, if you, any of our listeners, want to get in touch with Goldstein, how would they do that?
1: They can reach out to the Hope Center here in Hardin. Okay. Um, and um, actually, a big reach out um, to me is through my Facebook. Okay. Um, I get a lot of requests and a lot of questions um just through facebook messenger okay but um, i do have you know my card and my cell phone number sweet and everything too you know
0: so goldstein little eagle on facebook yeah awesome thank you again for coming in man i really thank appreciate you for having me time no problem at all and i hope listeners you enjoyed this and i hope you guys all have a great rest of your day